Hey, uh, as will become apparent pretty soon, this episode was recorded before Sony postponed their June 4th announcement, so uh, just ignore all of that, I guess. Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or rotting your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Destroy All Children, the podcast. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Prundle. How's it going, Larry? Oh, doing fine. Uh, nothing happening in the news this week, so instead, yeah. this will mostly be filled with a conversation about a television program which went off the air several months ago. But it's coming back soon, so we'll see. I mean, there was some news. Uh, a few things happened. All right, fine. Uh, Hit me. What is it? Okay. Well, uh, Henry Cavill might be coming back <sighs> as Superman. Well, okay. I mean, that's not really he news. Ran, he, he ran out of Warhammer money, and now he's back. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, eh, that's all I got, man. What, that's it? There was... There was some news, if you could call it that. Yeah, that's all I have. Oh, okay. I was going to say the thing (laughs) about um, how Sony is requiring all future games to be forwards compatible with the PlayStation 5. Oh, I did not hear about that. Well, great. Thank you, newsmonger. Uh, It's kind of weird because it's like all games that are submitted for certification from July onwards, I think. We'll have to work with the PlayStation 5. Which, you know, when, pretty late. Yeah, uh, All those hot games. I was going to say, like, they're actually still planning to have that in 2020, which I still don't think is necessarily going to happen. Uh, they will. That's a really short so lead on mandating that. I I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still not quite convinced. I, they're not going to have many of them, but there will be some released this year. I do believe sure. that now. I, we'll if they are in, still uh, uh, Two days Three days Yeah, uh, Actually it'd be the day you're listening to this Yeah so do, do you want to Well I guess yeah If it's going to be the same day that people listen to this There's no sense in mentioning what we're going to do with it Well um, I mean although, Did we decide be, that was going to be This will be up the, that morning so if someone's really Like on the ball This one goes out to authority Basically is what I'm saying Okay Um so we'll be doing a viewing of the Sony press conference, I guess. Like, There's no E3, so this is basically E3 of this year, um, where they will supposedly be revealing the box, and I'm guessing also date and price, because of course they would have to. What else are they going to be doing? It would uh, still be so good if they didn't actually reveal the box. Well, that would be so good. They straight up said it's the box. The rest is okay. the like speculation. Uh, so we'll be doing that, doing a like a talk over of it. I'll be releasing that as a video on the YouTube page at youtube.com/slash. 
what is, is it destroy all children what is it it's always be destroying <laughs> it's dot it's slash yes, always I, be destroying yeah i was gonna say that shows you how much we use that youtube channel at this point yeah not no, not just well, to say not not at all the last time we used it was for last e3 so you know yeah uh, so yes uh, uh, we were doing forward. some streams before that uh, which are still archived if that is also your thing if you want more of this but there's actually a visual element involved possibly uh so yes yeah. look forward to the return of fear and loathing at the electronic 3 2020 not the real thing but an incredible simulation uh because that that's our plan we'll be doing that for anything that comes up that sega thing is also on thursday right what time is that i don't know when the sega thing like what time that is i thought that the sega thing was not even going to be a video thing like when i read that i thought it was famitsu teasing that they were going to have like an article out about it. oh could be i i haven't really been following it you have so i thought yeah. it was going to be a video thing. Uh, saying i'm following it as being a little generous uh i just saw that apparently sega is going to have some sort of an announcement on thursday and that it is going to be revolutionary uh, according to famitsu dreamcast um, 2 here we go they they specifically said it will not be a dreamcast 2 because <laughs> hey look last week when i was like people always say that like sega's going to make new hardware that's a persistent rumor and you didn't believe me and then this happened and i started showing you posts of people going they're gonna put out new hardware yeah <laughs> like, bunch of rubes yeah um i still say I microsoft's gonna buy them that has been a rumor that has been going around uh, before the Famitsu uh, teaser, so that's definitely possible. Um, it lining up with Sony's conference, it'd be kind of neat if Sony announced that they bought Sega. Um, yeah, could be. But like, I also like Sega's been doing very well for themselves financially, just as a software developer. I actually got into a mild argument with somebody about this because they insisted Sega would not put out new hardware solely because they're making so much money with software and i think that that's not necessarily wrong but i also was trying to make the point that they are still not doing well enough that they could put a new console out on the market like sony and microsoft are way bigger than sega they enjoy the backing of a much bigger parent company and they still sell theirs at a loss so i just don't see sega putting out hardware if they do it's not going to be competitive hardware like the absolute most is they could do what as you put it uh the nintendo thing of basically just buying a bunch of tablet parts and putting something out and calling it a console yeah um, like the intellivision amico yeah i think the that? dumbest thing yeah i didn't <laughs> yes, know until like last week by the way that tommy tallarico was the mind behind that oh you didn't yeah no get, get back in the um, studio make more tracks for earthworm jim tommy <laughs> um I, I had mentioned to you that the dumbest possible thing they could do is if they teamed up with like a mobile manufacturer and did like a phone kind of like how Sony had their weird PSP phone that nobody bought. And that that sounds what? ridiculous enough that maybe that could be a thing. A PSP phone. There Exactly. There was a phone that uh, I can't remember what manufacturer Sony partnered with, but it was basically like the screen would slide up and it would reveal like basically the face buttons and a d-pad of a playstation controller and then you could play certain games right, on the that's phone the like PSP, that's a psp go no no this was like an actual cell phone oh, okay yes this, this was, sounds this vaguely familiar thing. now yeah 
So I remember walking into like a Verizon store and seeing this and texting you about it and being like, what the fuck even is this? Um, before I bought yeah. like a normal phone for normal people. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what Sega's going... Maybe they'll announce that they're doing something other than a fucking Yakuza or a Sonic the Hedgehog game. No. Uh, uh, so Skies yeah, of Arcadia I... 2. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, now you're speaking my Alex language. Kid, no, Alex Kidd <laughs> is dead and buried, as he should be. Um, yeah. I remember what you're talking. It it was like a a shoot, like an offshoot of the Sony Ericsson, wasn't it? Uh, it was like, or it was like XS. Uh, I want to say it had like the name XS or something like that in it. That whatever. That sounds familiar. It, it doesn't yeah, matter. It, no, no one remembers that thing, and nobody bought that thing, and I don't think Sony would ever put anything out like that ever again. No. Uh, I don't think Sony's ever going to get into the handheld market ever again. So. Yeah. Although, well, I don't know. I mean, I could see them maybe doing something like the Switch, but I also think that that is not a direction that they will go in realistically obviously not for the playstation 5 because we've seen the controller and we know that thing is just going to be a box but yeah whatever doesn't matter uh sega's got some announcement people think it's hardware i think that's bullshit yeah although hey you know maybe uh dreamcast classic wouldn't be so bad anyway my point before we got onto this weird tangent about like possible phones in our imaginations (laughs) uh that I will also be putting up the audio from that as a podcast in this feed. So I'll try to get the audio level so you can still hear what's going on. And you can like sync it up with the video if you want to see. Uh, but you should be able to get good enough you know, sense of what's going on from the audio. I bet. Uh, yeah. You know, just look up what the box looks like, I guess. There's yeah. probably not going to be much happening in it. I doubt we're gonna get anything as good as like giant enemy crab or anything like that. They did they did say that there would be gameplay, which Oh boy considering oh, wait a sec, what? Considering What if they bring back Ridge Racer? Oh, that would be good. It's Ridge Racer. Uh, Mac three. Mac three, man. It's gonna happen. Oh, you're skipping to um, Mac five. Oh right. Yeah, I gotta have a brand brand mm-hmm. parody. Um also, you mentioned possible phones, and now I'm just thinking of like a Garfield phone, but it's Sonic the Hedgehog. That'd be pretty good. I'd buy that phone. I feel like they made those. I bet they did. Yeah, yeah. it'd surprise me if they didn't. Uh, yeah, they said that there's going to be gameplay, uh, which, considering it's fucking June, and they're still saying they're releasing this thing this year. Like, all right, about time. I mean, it's gonna be Assassin's Creed, uh, yeah. Valhalla, that yeah. God Godfall, is that what it's called? Godhead, God sure, God God murder, God. It's not. It's not God hand because they would never make another one of those. No, uh, God. I say God Godfall. Damn. No, that's a comic series from Jason Aaron. Uh, God. Yeah, they're making a video game about it. Oh, good, finally. Um. It doesn't matter. Godfall. It's just Titanfall, but God. I already. I've like said that twice. Down from the heavens. Yeah, no, but I know. Thank you. Um. Yeah, it'll be those two, and uh, but 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 but. Uh. 
this is very good. It's deader. Deader. Larry? Larry? Huh? Larry, uh, yeah, you okay? Well, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of launch games. Thinking about thinking about video games again? Yeah. Well, too bad. They don't exist anymore. Cyberpunk 2077. All right, that's a thing that's coming out. Yeah. Before the new consoles are out. Yeah. Directly before them, too. It's a... Yeah. Yeah. I still think I fall on the on the position of like if they're putting this console out in limited numbers and considering that there was apparently like part shortages and stuff like that like I just don't see myself buying the PlayStation 5 at launch like this I felt like that was going to change this time like I was excited for the PlayStation 5 and then they started talking about it and I got less and less and now it is one of those situations where the launch consoles usually are the ones that got the problems with it, and you want to wait a little bit for them to sort everything out. And now I'm back in the camp of, I want to give it a few months, at least, before I buy a PlayStation 5. I mean, I've had my PS4 since launch, and it's been doing fine, so... I just, I remember getting the Xbox 360, like, pretty close to launch, well, yeah, and just Xbox having that thing red all the time. They yes, I know, but, like, that's... horrible about that. I, I know, I know, but that's the thing that's fairly common with consoles is when they release them, they're going to have technical shortcomings that get sorted out a few months down the line in different revisions. Like, the Xbox is the most heinous example of that that I could possibly give, but generally i wait on consoles for that reason i don't want to get something that ends up breaking because it was a launch unit uh the switch is like the one time where i made an exception for that i got that like the week after it came out it's miraculously managed to find them in stores still and like that hasn't broke on me uh but i know a lot of people who like their launch switch does not fucking work anymore okay like either either overheated or they had the Joy-Con drift issue. Well, sure. You can also just like send those in. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised mine has not had that issue like at all. Yeah, mine hasn't either. Probably because I don't use it enough. Definitely don't use the Joy-Con. <laughs> um, I yeah. have bought every console at launch, and let's see, the uh, my PlayStation Two eventually died. It was really close to the end of its life cycle. I just like got slim for very cheap and didn't really make a difference. Uh, PS3, same thing. The disc drive in that died. Um, and I could have gotten it repaired, but it would have cost like $150 to send it into Sony Repair oh, Center or yeah, whatever. No point of that. Yeah, so I just like traded it to GameStop because uh, they would take it even though it was broken and give me like, I think it was like 100 for it or something. Because okay, I bet they would just repair yeah, that themselves. Yeah, and it was a launch model, so uh has the backwards compatibility and stuff, but I just got a PS3 slim, uh, and then the PS4 was announced I think a few months after that, so that was cool. Uh yeah. anyway. There's I've a never had YouTube issues channel. with my three sixty though. Or what? Mm. <laughs> I think I did Great, because mine like caught on fire five fucking times. I think mine did die eventually. I got like one of the arcade units to replace it. Um, mine red ringed probably three months after I bought it, and then when I sent it in and they sent it back to me, they like roughed the console up so it had like a big scuff mark down the side of it, and the little flap 
that uh, blocked off USB ports. That was just ripped off. Mm -hmm. And so then that red ringed again like a few months later. Uh, and I had to send it back in, got it back. And then I think the third time I did it was Resident Evil 5. Uh, after that, I don't know that it red ringed again. So I think it was maybe just the three times. But eventually I just got one of the um, like the more angular black units that they had put out. Yeah, I never got one of those. Uh, I just had the inhales. Um, but... I got one of those because my stepdad at the time uh, consumed a lot of alcohol and got into an argument with me that he then felt bad about and decided to buy me an Xbox 360 to make it up to me. And like, look, I'm not going to turn that down. Three right. 360. Cool. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. It's nice Thanks, having stepdad. rich, drunk stepparents, I guess. Uh, so yeah, yeah sometimes. that's the thing I've had consoles die on me But it's been so long after getting them That's like, whatever, I've gotten enough use out of it I can't be too mad about it Especially yeah. since by then They're cheaper And so getting a replacement's not a big deal It would be better if they I, uh, continued to work But oh, I was going to mention that as far as GameStop repairing things There's a YouTube channel, I can't remember the name of it Right now, but this guy used to work at a GameStop repairing consoles, and now he's just built this YouTube channel around doing teardowns of consoles and kind of walking people through like how to fix them and like how those consoles are are built and how to put them all back together. Uh, that stuff's kind of kind of neat, and he occasionally will do these bulk orders of like used games and used consoles from GameStop to kind of review like, all right, what should you expect if you're going to go buy a used console from GameStop online in the year 2020? Uh, but I also like um, recently decided to open up my Nintendo 64 and like clean it out because that I've had that since the N64 came out, and I figured this is probably like actually filled with a bunch of dust um, because Bomberman kept crashing on me, and I figured like, oh no, maybe something's wrong with the actual console. Uh, not a speck of dust inside of that thing. Weird. Yeah. Like, and also when you actually get down in there and you see just how sandwiched all the components are, it kind of makes sense that there's no dust because I don't know where the dust would even have space to go. Like, that thing is so compressed inside of there. Thick like a brick. Yeah, there's just like a big metal plate that's like laying directly on top of the board, which, you know, it's probably like one massive heat sink for that thing. But there was no dust inside of that unit whatsoever. That's where the Donkey Kongs live. They're all in there. No, that's in the ex that's in the expansion pack. <laughs> yeah, it's also where Joanna Dark <laughs> lives. She has to stay in there with all the apes. Oh no! Where Joanna Dark? Donkey no, Kong fine. ate her face. That's why she's not in video games anymore. Yeah. Hey, Larry hey, Davis. What? Doom Patrol. That's right. It's a good show. Yes, I have watched half of Doom Patrol so far. Uh, last one I finished was Danny Patrol. Ah, uh, see, I've not watched uh, that one yet. The one I, last one I watched was uh, one right before that, Therapy Patrol. Oh, uh, that's a shame because Danny Patrol is a very, very good episode. I bet uh, it is. I like Danny the Street a lot. Uh, you were mentioning to me that Danny the Street is where uh, Flex Mentallo is from, and I was expecting him to show up in that episode, but he unfortunately does not. I said it's about. Around there in the comic Oh, oh okay oh, So it might be like the next one or something Yeah 
Let's see. Yeah, I think the next one is um. Next one is Jane Patrol, I think. And where they leave off in this last one, it kind of makes sense that they're they're it's going to be like a very Jane. Like we need to sort out Jane and all her personalities. Kind oh, of they're going to the underground. If that's something they do in the comics, then yes, I think it would be very likely that that is the episode they would do it in. And yeah. Jane is basically despondent by the end of Danny Patrol. Well, so. they mentioned the underground earlier in the series, which I thought was neat. Like, they have yeah. a map of the metro system and everything. and uh, So yeah, I assume they were going to get there eventually. I don't want to talk too much about Danny Patrol because you haven't seen that episode, but I will say that they do show the underground in that episode briefly. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, it's very possible then that the next episode would probably be them going to the underground. Uh-huh. There's life underground. Have we made that joke yet? Have yes. we done that yet? Okay. Uh, so, oh. yes, Doom Patrol, the series from DC Universe, uh, the very well-known streaming app that everybody had. Uh, you, know, it, you talk to anybody on the street, you say, what do you subscribe to for streaming services? Everybody's going to say Netflix, Hulu, or DC Universe. Like, those are the three main ones, right? Yeah. I mean, I got a subscription to it. Oh, yeah. Me too. For I've not month. used it. I haven't watched anything on there, but I got it. I mean, I had one for yeah. a month, uh, and it did oh, not really work that well, so I did not get yeah. any future months from it. I instead I get, just like bought a... the Doom Patrol Blu-rays for $10. Yeah, I just... The the only things that I knew that were really on there was uh, Doom Patrol, that Teen Titan show, and that Harley Quinn cartoon. And two of those three things I wanted nothing to do with. Yeah. And then you were kind enough to get me the Doom Patrol Blu-ray. Which, again, thank you. It was a very good show. You're that welcome. was very nice. $10. Yeah. Still, that's yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> it's actually, it's longer than I thought, though. Like, at the time, I thought it was like 10 yeah. episodes, and it's 15, which is weird. Me too. That is a very strange, like, most shows would either be between, like, it would be 10 episodes for, like, a first season for a show like this, on average, or, like, you would do a full, like, 23-episode season run. 15 is a weird number to settle on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also like that because it, it is a good indicator that they are giving the show the exact amount of space it needs to tell the story that they want to tell. Yeah. Um. And considering it was a streaming thing, that makes sense that they would kind of be like, okay, do whatever. I guess uh, so. The issue with that is DC Universe was also the home of the Swamp Thing show, which famously got uh, its production right. cut short by like two episodes, so they just are like, well, we have to end this now, I guess. Yeah, uh, Also, people about that. nearby are mowing, so that's cool. Yeah, uh, that's nice. Yeah. I thought you lived in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> no, there's someone across the street. Uh... I don't know why I imagine mower. I don't know why, but I imagine the place that you live is just one long stretch of road, and there's nothing but trees. But then there's like one suburban house just sticking out in the middle of it. It's not too far from that. Like based on the pictures you've shown me of the surrounding area, that seems kind of like what it might be. Basically, there's um, a like a garage nearby it has all the sort of a road vehicles and stuff like a like a highway garage type thing which is weird yeah. uh but yeah oh, google maps it later and and stocky on that uh, okay yeah uh the the other shows like i said that i knew of was the teen titans one and the harley quinn one and 
Teen Titans didn't start off great on the whole fuck Batman thing. That that show just looked really, really, really terrible to me. And then you were telling me that apparently by the second season, they actually, like, kind of sorted out what they wanted that show to be, and it's good now? Yeah, apparently. I haven't actually watched it, but that's what okay. I heard. Uh, and then that Harley that, Quinn... Like, a Nightwing, like, stabs someone in the groin with garden shears or something? Oh, I mean, that does sound pretty good. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I I also like the the Harley Quinn one was a show that I the trailers for that made it look really 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 bad, and then I've seen some clips of it pop up on YouTube. Doesn't seem actually as bad as that trailer made it out to be. Yeah, Harley Quinn seems guess, like the worst part of it. Um, but yeah, yes. it seems like there's a lot of funny stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, the the scarecrow. In that cartoon, I, I really like the voice of just this yeah. very timid British guy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Also, well, that's oh, yeah, another did, uh, case where the trailers for it like really played up, like "haha, wacky, cursing, violence," and there's actually yes. not a whole lot of that in the show itself. Yeah, it, it, everything I've seen of it is a bit more subdued than that. Um, but yeah, Doom Patrol was like the one that I really wanted to actually sit down and watch, and like at the time of that coming out, I knew some people who were talking it up. Uh, at work and saying that it was actually very good uh, So I'm glad yeah. that I'm, a- I'm actually able to sit down and watch it now um, I have not read The Doom Patrol comics I have Boo. very limited knowledge of Doom Patrol Yeah, no, boo me I deserve boo. it I understand okay. that now uh, But I like Grant Morrison a whole lot I think that he has a very interesting Perspective on comics and what comics can be uh, The stories that he tells Are very interesting To say the least uh, Flex Mentallo is fantastic. I did not know that he was from Doom Patrol until you pointed that out to me. Uh, and I loved his run on Batman a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Uh, did you read Animal Man? No. Did you read Multiversity? No. I read his X-Men run, actually. Oh, well... Okay, I was looking for something that was more uh, about like metatextual sure. themes. Yes, yeah, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I read the Return of Bruce Wayne. That's he's going through time. That's uh, that one wasn't good actually. Oh, I like that one. But whatever. Uh, uh, it was okay, I guess. Like compared to everything else that he was doing at that time, I felt that that was actually probably one of the weaker stories. Uh, uh, I guess so, but that was also like running concurrently with Batman and Robin, where uh, Dick Grayson yeah. was Batman, and that was great. Yeah, that was really good. Uh, but yeah, the, the Doom Patrol, like I, I've, I've had like no prior knowledge of it, so I'm kind of going in completely blind with everything, uh, and I'm loving it so far. Uh, the show starting off with Alan Tudyk visiting nazi scientists and getting turned into mr nobody is great and i really like that every time you see him pop up he's got like this playstation 2 era kind of like cgi model like it you can tell they are on a budget with it it is very dated but also i really kind of like how that looks yeah it's a thing like the whole thing of him looking sort of like cut out photos or something in motion uh really works for the character as whole like Meta powers and everything uh, A lot of the things Are changed from the comic And um, a lot of things Are also exactly the same Which is great uh, They're cool 
That was nice. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Mr. Nobody's origin is exactly the same as in the comics. Uh, and let's see. Okay, you, you ask me things about the characters, I'll tell you what the differences mm-hmm. are. Okay. I'm sorry, you wanted me to do that now? Is that the yes. thing that we're doing right now? <laughs> oh, okay. Do it before the lawnmower comes by again. Oh, hey, remember Lawnmower Man? Yeah, it was a Super Let's Nintendo about... game. Yeah, Mr. Nobody looks like he was rendered in Lawnmower Man. Actually. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, okay, so Mr. Nobody, I, like the way I understand it is in the comic, he is not male. He doesn't have a gender. Mr. Nobody? Yeah, oh, like, he's I called thought that, Mr. Like, I thought that in one of the comics is just nobody, and that they no. don't have a gender in it. Or maybe I'm. So. Misunderstanding. I think you're confusing him with Negative Man, who. who um, oh yeah. In the Actually, comics, uh, he sort of fuses. It was so in the show, it's a guy he got burned up in the plane or whatever, and got possessed by basically an electric ghost. So he's uh, not dead, but pretty close to it. Um, but in the comics, he the spirit thing like merges him with some lady i don't remember who it is and so he is like both male and female at the same time and calls itself rebus uh, and they sort of got rid of that in this and instead just was mm. like hey he's gay which i guess it's just a simplification of it maybe they didn't want to touch that whole can of worms or something but oh, okay in the in the in the comic, do they get into Danny the Street's gender? Yeah. Okay. Because that's like a major part of the Danny episode is it is a gender queer street. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like it accepting people who are not accepted in you know, by the rest of society. And yep. then the the uh the Bureau of Normalcy or whatever. So like I I don't know like I, I feel that that is not a subject that the show is necessarily shying away from to me that comes off more as like you said a simplification yeah it's just easier I, to digest especially in the early parts of it where you're trying to get through so many different characters backstories like probably easier to just kind of like boil that down to something a lot more simple and digestible yeah i think that's basically what it is it's like that would be kind of a lot to throw on people at yeah. the very beginning yeah. Um, but it's um, weird because Then others are expanded a lot Like Robot Man All of the stuff with his family is new In the comic none of that happened He just like He got in the car wreck while racing And that was it hmm. uh, So the, I mean, everything with his daughter That's all new uh, I don't think yeah. they ever mentioned his wife And he certainly like didn't cause her To die after saying Anybody want pancakes? Uh, which is really good <laughs> I really like all that stuff, though. Like, I think that is maybe the the biggest emotional gut punch to me in the show so far. Uh, Brendan Fraser just having a meltdown and punching that tank in front of Timothy Dalton. Like, I like that a whole lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I guess one thing I'm curious about, though, to go back to uh, Negative Man for a second. Did they ever explain, like, what the deal is with the, the electrical spirit that's inside of him? Uh, not really. I don't remember. Okay. Because the the way that the show has kind of framed everything has made me think that that is the spirit of somebody he knows, or that 
God, it being a Grant Morrison thing, I could almost see that being like his spirit traveling to the past and inhabiting his own body or something like that. Uh, but it seems like there is a certain familiarity there and that it is not just purely alien in origin. Yeah, I don't know. I, as far as I remember, it is just alien. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I suppose at that point, it would it would know him pretty intimately. But so yeah, there, I, I don't know. There's there are more twists to the characters, but I'm not gonna say them because I don't know if the show is gonna get into them here in the first season or if there'll be a second or maybe never. I don't know. Um. Mm. Like if I sort of got past the point where that would have been revealed, then I would let you know. But uh, nothing yeah. so far. Uh, Crazy Jane but is exactly like... the same as in the comics, which is weird. Like all of the uh, okay. the personalities and basically everything about her is the same. Uh, I was actually going to ask you about that because you mentioned them going to the underground, so I imagine that they're actually like she her stuff is pretty well explained. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Like how you said, Mister or like Negative Man, they don't really kind of explain everything going on with that spirit. But like I would hope with Jane, they actually do because it seems like there is a lot there. Well, they already have by this point. They showed you when they injected her and gave her the powers. Yeah, uh, I liked the, the the cult stuff too, with her just like brainwashing people into buying into the cult of the uh, was it the Reconstructor? Yeah. Uh, and then also she's just insane So she kind of fucks that up In some great ways I really like that guy who's like This is way better than the past three cults I was in Yeah uh, uh, But you were telling me that that, that like, Actually deviates pretty significantly From the source material That the first half of the cult arc Is the same but the second half Veers off in a different direction Yes well I was going to finish talking about the characters first But okay uh, well, uh, So I mean... the, Yeah the first half is exactly the same As in the comics like dialogue is lifted Directly from it uh, The whole thing with like The two people in the thrones except I think in the comics They were like puppets instead of Alice in Wonderland style Big head freaks I really um, like though the husband Just being dead there but he's still Dressed up and yeah. sitting on the throne Yeah that's pretty good yeah. Um, but uh, all that stuff Including like uh, Nernheim being in the uh, the Snow globe that's all Directly from the comic uh, Willoughby Kipling Who uh, as I explained to you uh, Was supposed to be John Constantine But DC editorial Would not let Grant Morrison use him For whatever reason I don't know why And so he was like fine I'm just going to make my own chaos magician Who's British and smokes a lot And is Angry at people And I'll just give him a different name yeah, So whatever I like him a, I like him a whole lot And I hope he actually shows up again Does not for, 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 as, for as much as I, I do understand He's supposed to be John Constantine And Constantine showing up in this Would be fucking awesome uh, sure. I still really like what Grant Morrison Ended up doing with that character yeah. Even if he's just supposed to be a Constantine Facsimile Sure he just wanted uh, to kill basically. that kid and burn him um, Yeah they should have. They should have let him do it. Um, so the like, second half, where they come up with the whole thing about the recreator and all of the sort of time travel stuff, with uh, having Jane create the cult and all of that, that's great. It was not in the comic at all. Uh, in the comic, from what I remember, they find a way. And I I don't remember how exactly they do. I think it's one of Jane's personalities does it somehow. Uh, they just managed to slow down the decreator a lot to the point where nobody would really notice anything happening 
where it's just like mm-hmm. if it makes if you're looking for your pin and it's disappeared the decreator is zapped it out of existence and that's basically all it can do for a very very long time uh, yeah. eventually it would like sort of ramp back up to full power but like the earth would be extinct by the time it did yeah so it wouldn't matter um yeah. i was going to say with uh with kipley though you you mentioned he doesn't show up again in the comic but I can imagine if they're just doing this show and they're veering off in the way that they did with the second half of this cult arc, they could always bring them back. They could. Uh, but there, with Doom Patrol, there is no shortage of weird characters that will show up. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, like, I'm there's, hoping there's Monster certain parts... Mala is in this at some point. So There's certain parts of the show, though, that feel extremely Morrison to me. Like, obviously, it's it, it, he's got his fingers all over it since that is what they Which are adapting but there is weird there are certain because he does not get a credit like at all yeah so i was going to bring that up uh as part of where i was going with this is in the opening credits they give the created by thing like grant morrison's name nowhere on there nope. they mention him actually uh once uh because mr nobody says like grant morrison fanboys will hate the show or something like that yeah as like a snarky remark but um but there are certain things in here where it is just like, oh man, this feels like a Grant Morrison stepped in the writing room and was like, no, do this thing. Like the bit with the uh, the goat farting that donkey, like the message please. into the sky, the donkey, I'm sorry. Uh, the donkey fart message thing actually felt to me like that is just straight up lifted from a panel of the comic book. And then you told it me is that not. is not in there at all, which nope. is surprising to me. Um but stuff like uh I can't remember what they call them, but like they they're the people that are like rushing in to fight Kipley and Cyborg and they are composed of like unsent letters. And dead skin, yeah. Yeah. Like th- that is extremely Morrison esque. The 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 nuns that have the giant straight razors that cut holes in reality, that is extremely Morrison esque. Uh-huh. Everything to do with Danny the Street. All of that. Extremely Morrison esque. Yep. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. That's what's weird to me is he doesn't get a created by credit, even though, like, yes, original Doom Patrol was not created by him. Most yeah. of those characters are dead. Like, yeah. a, a lot of the characters here were created by him. Like, Crazy Jane is his creation. Mr. Nobody is. All these plot lines are all from Morrison, and it's kind of messed up that he doesn't get any credit at all in it. Even, like, yeah, some well, sort of so... executive producer credit or something like that. So inspired by gonna... stories by or something i don't know yeah so that's something i was going to ask you too with crazy jane is whether or not she predated morrison's run but then when you said that she is exactly the same in the comic as she is in the show i kind of figured like okay morrison must have made her because so, i don't see that character existing prior to morrison's run on doom patrol yeah so the biggest changes here from the comic is uh before morrison took over they killed off most of the original doom patrol in the issues like directly before him uh yeah, weren't including you telling me that like rita far dies yep elastigirl is dead uh she did not like come back to life until infinite crisis i believe so uh that's all new cyborg was not part of the doom patrol in this era so that's new too everything with him uh and he's pretty good I like yeah. seeing a cyborg with personality as opposed to the one in Justice League. I did think it was pretty funny uh, in 
Oh god, was that the Danny the Street? No, that's the therapy episode that I'm thinking of, where he's like using this Tinder app, mm-hmm. and like somebody keeps telling him to say booyah, booyah, and he has to consult his computer. Like, do I say booyah? Have I ever said booyah? Yeah, it's like that's past the threshold for a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good reference to like Teen yeah. Titans, but yes, um, but also like I get what you mean because I think Teen Titans has completely tainted. The public's perception of Cyborg I think that Cyborg as he exists in the comic Is not necessarily the Cyborg That people know No it's not, comic Cyborg is boring He sucks Um, Sure Like yes that too, this is the best incarnation Of Cyborg But also like that The show's nod to the Teen Titans stuff I, I think is pretty good for that reason Because that's really the only Cyborg that people Care about Yeah exactly I mean, I'm not really counting that because I'm saying there hasn't been like a good live action cyborg because the only other one was the one in the Justice League movie, and who cares? Hey, maybe the Snyder oh God, cut. I totally forgot better. about that. Remember? Well, I totally forgot he was in that movie. They kept insisting they were going to make a cyborg movie for a while, and if anybody believed that, uh, I'm, I don't really. Dreamcast Two is coming out yeah. before the cyborg movie. <laughs> That's now. right. Yeah. It got Dreamcast 2 to pre-order Yeah Cyborg's got a Dreamcast 2 built right into him Yeah, it's in his chest Put the skies of Arcadia 2 disc into his chest And then it's you got, can play it It's got that uh, orange swirl in the middle Yeah, Projects out of his eye It's pretty much just skies of Arcadia and cat videos mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, Cyborg's a fucking dick in this show Also though, for... Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I kind of get that he's dealing with a lot. Like all the characters are actually dealing with quite a bit. The therapy episode is, uh, is a hell of a thing. But also, man, like he just seems like needlessly antagonistic at times. I think it's just that he really desperately wants to be a leader, and so yeah. is really trying. Yeah. Especially with the chief gone, like feels like he has to sort of fill that role to try to bring yeah, everybody he together. Feels he needs to step up, uh, but um. um I really like Robot Man yelling, Well, you think that thing's gonna hurt me? Because that has very, uh, what are you gonna do, stab me? Energy to it. <laughs> uh, and that whole episode just basically being Rashomon, except without, yeah. you know, different perspective. I guess you get a little bit with uh, Robot Man going nuts, so because a squirrel was, or a rat was inside him. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you that too. Is Admiral Whiskers uh, a part of the comic, or does that mm. exist just for the show? I don't think that was in the comic. I don't remember it anyway. Okay. Admiral uh, Admiral Whiskers also seems like something that Grant Morrison would come up with. It does. Also that uh, cockroach that keeps yelling seems like it would be, but I don't really remember <laughs> right. it. The doomsday cockroach? Yeah. I think that's voiced by like <laughs> Booger. Revenge of the Nerds, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? I uh, thought it was actually just Alan Tudyk again. I thought that at first too, but he sounded a bit different when um, uh. he showed the showed up the second time. Mm. But yeah, mm. th- this show is great. I love it. Yeah, I I really like the uh, episode too, where uh, the Doom Patrol Patrol episode where they go find the original Doom Patrol and they are just living in a nightmare house. Oh yeah, this uh, weird psychic projection. I was surprised yeah, to find so out that they're... one, like the headmaster or whatever, was a real guy and not like a illusion. <laughs> yeah, 
I, he alludes to the fact that he's also a metahuman, but they never say what his power is. And so that's something I was wondering if you could clear up for me too, or if that's one of those things where it's like, ah, well, wait and see. That one's all new, so I don't know. Okay. Um. Also, I I sort of took that that um it was just like super strength, basically. Oh yeah, you wrestle these old deranged people into submission if he yeah. has to. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah. So that that was interesting because that episode features the first allusion to Jane's father which um, was not in the comic that didn't show up until the underground segment but the whole thing with all the puzzle pieces coming out and like flooding down the hallway was really cool and I especially appreciate that right after that um, Larry Trainer mentions The Shining you know in case you didn't get it yeah um the hand popping out of the puzzle pieces to him like just coming at her like fucking jaws is real good mm-hmm. uh, but yeah the oh, puzzle man. pieces motif is uh yeah. specifically about her dad and okay. so there'll probably be more of that later yeah i'm i'm looking forward to that now knowing that they're probably actually going to go to the underground to just kind of dive into all that stuff i wasn't sure how they would address her being despondent at the end of the danny patrol episode but actually physically going there sounds pretty neat to me yeah Uh, yeah i danny the street like you were telling me that danny the street is awesome and yes i agree that is a very good episode i am curious uh when you get past that how much it actually lines up to uh, how it appears in the comic So In the comic it was That um, They head there and he has sort of like a theater With a whole bunch of the outcasts and everything And then yeah There's the Bureau of Normalcy guys That come in and try to stop it um, Yeah the perpetual Peep show uh, Yeah sure So see that that's why I thought Flex Mentello Would show up around there because he's in there In the comic mm. Well Okay you might have seen him and you just didn't know it Actually now that I think about it Um, I mean I did not See a man of muscle Mystery I know that He's in a different form at that point Okay I see So I will be interested to watch that and see if I can Spot him Um, Did did the Danny arc in the comic Have like a person from the Bureau of Normalcy who goes there But ends up kind of just staying and living there I don't remember that. It's been... okay. Then that that might be new for the show. Yeah, uh, it could be. Is that's that's the bit that I thought was really good about it is this guy shows up. He's supposed to infiltrate it and kind of like, I guess like everyone's waiting in the wings to go like storm the place, but he sees the cabaret like peep show thing and it just kind of calls to him and he goes in there. And then when uh, Cyborg and and Larry show up. He's developed a whole like uh, drag persona and is doing shows there and kind of talks to them about how like he yeah. ended up realizing that sounds that familiar. is where he belonged. I, I think uh, that does happen. Yeah, I like that stuff. That that, that is a it's a very heartwarming episode, uh, yeah. which is good considering the therapy episode is before that, which is the complete opposite of heartwarming. <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> people are under a lot of stress rough, right man. now. Yeah, um, robot man's going to push out the Washington Monument. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's why they launched uh, EMPs and signal jammers in DC to shut down Robot Man. <laughs> uh, 
yeah this uh, show... cyborgs just playing chocolate rain to disrupt all the police broadcasts that's why they can't bring the chief back they just get oh, no. chocolate rain every time they try to get him back from the other dimension uh the, well, but yeah sure. the whole thing with him being kidnapped by mr nobody and then sort of being brought back but if anybody mentions mr nobody he throws up that was new uh oh yeah and uh, well, there yeah, was i guess that that's part of that second episode so like everything in that was all new um, yeah i appreciated that the guys in nurnheim just looked like guys wearing masks and i couldn't couldn't tell if they were yeah. supposed to actually be monster men or just guys in masks yeah it just looks like a rubber mask every time they move their mouths like those lips just kind of god yeah it's I couldn't figure that out either. I didn't know if that is what they were going for aesthetically or if it was another case of, well, we only have so much money to make this show, and there's a lot of shit that we got to do that CGI, so rubber masks. I feel like it was probably intentional, because if they really wanted to, they would have CGI'd them up like the dead skin guys. Yeah. Uh that's the thing about the CGI too is like it's not just Mr. Nobody who looks like the CGI is very dated and very cheap. It's pretty much any time CGI CGI shows up in the show. But like I really really like that. There is something about the cheap quality of the CGI and the ridiculousness of Doom Patrol that actually goes together very very well. Yeah, look if you like that, I'm telling you, Legends of Tomorrow, go check it out, as yeah, you'll get a whole should. lot of bad CGI. With very stupid things happening on screen It's great Yeah, it is wild to me That there are actually like CW gets that Comic books are fucking dumb And ridiculous and you should just embrace that Like obviously DC produced shows Understand that Marvel movies to To a large extent have kind of begun To embrace that over time and then yet things like Gotham still exist. It is it is Ooh. insane to me that there are still comic book adaptations that are like, oh, we can't, like, we need to ground this in reality. I mean, it also, it took CW a while to figure that out, too. Like, remember Arrow? Did, yeah. Where they had, like, yes, the crappy uh, uh, bronze tiger with the, like, dollar store wolverine claws and everything? Yeah. Poor Michael Jai White. He can't yeah. catch a break. Yeah, Doom Patrol is, uh, God, it's fucking real dumb, but it's real good for how dumb it is. Like, uh, well, when they do the Doom Patrol Patrol episode and they kind of flash back to the Doom Patrol's encounter with Mr. Nobody, and it's like a, what was it, like a, a hot air balloon in the shape of an ass? Yes. That, like, kept to farting. A, it's attached to a jukebox that only played Hot Diggity Dog by Perry Como. <laughs> And everyone in the vicinity of it was going insane from this. Yeah. And then the cops showed up, and then the cops got turned into pinatas that the people then ripped open and began consuming the candy inside. Yeah. And so, then, like, the Doom Patrol person who's, like, recounting this is just like, it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so the... A cap, by the way, all cops are pinatas. Um, so <laughs> the thing with Mr. Nobody is that he wants Dadaism to rule the world basically and so he has like his gang of dudes is called the brotherhood of dada uh i don't understand how he's a bad guy then I, I'm, I'm into this yeah um which the weird thing is mr no mr nobody's thing like happened before the rest of this i believe like he kind of he's sort of the first main villain from what i remember or no 
Wait, no, the Brotherhood of Dada is a different thing. That's earlier on, and they just like skip that entirely. Hmm. Either that seems way, like something that you shouldn't skip because that sounds awesome. Well, it's it's basically the same thing as the Cult of Unwritten Book, though, which I think is why hmm. they skipped it because otherwise, I, okay, when reading the comic, I remember sense. it being weirdly repetitive because it's like, oh, this is basically the same thing again. Uh, except that first arc is the one that they essentially ripped off for Persona Five because it's just like subways made of bones. And like then the streets turn into bones It's basically the end of Persona 5 Which is weird um, Not all these bones, I need to do something with them Right, muscles for bones Surplus bones, that's right uh, This bone is imperfect So it must be destroyed uh, So Yeah, but either way um, He's supposed to have A whole gang of dudes with him And they have not shown up yet I don't know if they ever do, I hope so Cause Those freaks are weird um, but yeah, in the comic he is sort of beaten way before all of this. Also, when he's beaten, like Animal Man shows up for no real reason except Grant Morrison likes Animal Man, I guess. <laughs> like the whole Justice League sort of gets summoned to where he was, and I think by that point they've like gone in a painting or something. Uh, and so there's just like a painting in the middle of the desert. And Superman and Batman and Animal Man standing around wondering where they went, and Animal Man just being like. I don't know why I'm here. Batman jumping into the bomb battlefield. Yeah. I believe Booster Gold is there too for some reason. Sure. Uh, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't Booster Gold be there, man? I don't know. Well, he should be able to that, travel like, back in time sense. and stop them. Yeah, but it's also Booster Gold. So I'm not sure that he maybe realizes that. Maybe. But I love Booster, Booster Gold, Gold just fucking around with the timeline. Sure. Bringing Bruce's parents back alive did not pan out the way that he thought it would. No. Um, sort of like, a, did you ever see Teen Titans go to the movies? No, I did not. Why? Uh, no. It's I'm good. 32 years old. <laughs> it's good. There's a part where they go back in time to stop Batman's parents from getting killed. And then they realize, oh, then he won't be Batman, so they have to go back and make sure his parents do get killed. <laughs> All right, maybe I should actually watch this. I just really like how people are like violently offended by the existence of Teen Titans Go because it is so like antithetical to what that first Teen Titans cartoon was, and people just want more of that. Uh, yeah, I think they're both bad, oh, Teen and Titans that it is a weird funny. thing to. I. The only times I have seen Teen Titans go is when I have been staying over at my parents' house, uh, stayed over, and I usually drink a lot while I'm over there because it's all free. And then I wake up with a hangover, and Teen Titans go is on the TV, and my head is splitting. Okay. I haven't really watched that much of it, but it's been fine. But uh, Teen Titans go to the movies was pretty good. I've occasionally woken up to Gumball being on, and that show is all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's all right. Anyway, Doom Patrol, the TV show. Why Doom do Patrol. Uh, <laughs> do we have ratings, or do we want to uh, rate each episode? Uh, like, yeah, let's uh, rate each episode. Talk okay, about great. each episode very briefly. All Share right, our great. Thoughts. We've kind of already done a lot of that, but here we go. Episode yeah, one, pilot. What do you say? Really, really, really good. 
Uh, I was expecting Doom Patrol to be uh, goofy as shit, which it is, but also that pilot has a lot of really emotional stuff in it that pulled me in. So that's a 10 out of 10. I thought this one was uh, decent, I guess. I felt it. <laughs> that was like a 7 out of 10 or so. Well, no, because you. 2 was... I felt like it should have been like a 2-hour pilot, basically. Because the second episode, Donkey Patrol... Uh, is basically the second half of that, and it was much better. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'd I'd lower it a little bit considering that split there. But the way that I had watched it was I just back to backed the first two episodes, and so just seeing them as like one whole was very very good. Yeah, I mean um, I I did it's too. A, it's a real, it's a real quantum of solace situation. <laughs> sure. You need to you need to go into that second one off the heels of the first one. Uh huh. Uh, but like the second one is all with the one with all the stuff about Cliff's kid and everything. So, um, yeah. Episode three, Puppet Patrol. This one I give a nine point five out of ten. This one was great. Uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, I like speaking of completely ridiculous things, animal, vegetable, mineral man being that's right. in the show. That that's why I was uh, telling you. After I watched that episode, I was like, this has something I never thought I would see in live action, and that's Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man. Bless I like that they bring him. I like that they bring him back briefly in the following episode in a news report that he tried to rob a convenience store, but the raptor had bit his main head. Yes, I like that he has uh, stockings uh, over his head and the raptor head. Uh, it's right. not even the next episode either. It's like three episodes later. Oh, um, okay. Because it's like when Cliff been, is looking at the computer That might be I've in been hitting therapy these control up. I've been hitting these up pretty aggressively I uh, know. To try to Well I needed to catch up And also wanted to get half the show done before we did this podcast so. Okay well So I figured we'd talk about half of it now And probably half of it um, some other time uh, Also very on the nose But I do appreciate the use of Nazi punks Fuck off for the soundtrack For the yes. end uh, fight Also Cliff just like ripping somebody in half And then beating someone to death with the lower half <laughs> Yes I uh I really really like that when they do the puppet show And then the Nazis show up Everyone just has like a pause And the guy who becomes animal vegetable Mineral man is just like oh that wasn't In the brochure but okay <laughs> Yeah he just wanted to come here to get Some superpowers whatever Yeah uh, He's still gonna do it. I mean, like the Nazi thing's bad, but you know, whatever. Get a put, raptor head. Yeah, stick me in a vat. Yeah. Uh, uh, episode four, Cult Patrol, first half of the the creator thing. Uh, I give that one mm, a nine out of ten. I would also give that a nine out of ten. It's very good. I think that this, besides Danny Patrol, probably the most Morrison esque. Uh, it has the most Morrison vibes in it, which I am all about. So. Yeah. Uh, next which episode. Makes sense because again, it's just directly adapting that. But like it seems, it sounds like that is the most faithful one so far. It is. So. However, according to this, this was written by Marcus Dalzine and Chris Dingus. What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's Morrison's like fake that's name. A, that's. That's a fucking non-diploma I've ever heard. One man. <laughs> Uh, episode 5, Paw Patrol uh, This one, I guess I'd also give 9 out of 10 I liked how different it was from the comic Kept me guessing I appreciate that 
some things are the same and then it just goes off in weird directions so i never know what's happening yeah i, uh, I felt I, that this was a very solid continuation off the off the cult episode but like so it would not have registered to me that this is not the way that that ended in the comic without you telling me because it feels like a very natural escalation of things yeah it is a little confusing because mr nobody's powers are extremely ill-defined and he seems to be essentially omnipotent um but whatever I like that lady showing up later with the oxygen tank talking about how she's uh, spat in the face of Bruce Springsteen on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah that one was pretty good. blowing up the clown lady. Uh, there was So Paw Patrol, like, I get that it's named because they're going after the dog that has, like, the unwritten word on it, but part of me is thinking because they knew they were doing the patrol naming scheme that they really wanted to just reference the Paw Patrol show. Yeah. I'm convinced of this, and it is very good. And yeah, I really like how they track down the house that the uh, recreator book is supposed to be at, and they think it's on the guy, and then it's just on the dog. That was good. Yeah. Uh, episode 6, Doom Patrol Patrol. Uh, I'm going to give this one 8.5 out of 10. I did like I'd it. I'd say this isn't... Not as much as the previous ones Because you can tell pretty early Kind of what's going on Well at first I thought it was going to be a uh, virtual reality thing But then it became pretty clear yeah. That it was the dude's psychic Projection It's all done with computers um, Yeah I'd, I'd give it an 8 out of 10 uh, I, like, I think that this one Kind of maybe tricked me a little bit Because we've I don't, I don't think we talked about it today But like, there's a lot of comic book characters never age so despite the fact that like jane met niles in the 70s and it is like the late 2010s uh, when the show takes place and she's not aged a day mm-hmm. so when like the doom the original doom patrol showed up and they have also not aged a day despite being active like before niles met jane i just figured like okay yeah sure whatever this is actually them and then so when the curtain gets pulled back and they are all very old that was a little surprising to me uh but also very good because i still like the fact that none of the main characters age at all but (laughs) apparently everybody else does yeah um that was kind of what i thought too was i had wondered about jane um i don't know if there's ever really a reason for that given uh you can sort of extrapolate rita you know she's all goop so she can kind of just keep herself smooth and looking young uh Larry's just like a he's a burned guy, so I guess you can't really tell how old he is, but even so, he's very spry for his age. Yes. Uh, at least when the spirit is inside him. Um He should be I I think kind of like the justification that I got for Larry if you had to come up with one is that technically he's dead. So maybe he's just frozen in that one state in perpetuity. Originally I believe that's how he was It's basically just that Whenever the spirit isn't in him He's super weak So he's still alive He's Mm. just can't really move or do much Mm. Um, With Jane I just Like I guess I could maybe assume That it's something to do with her powers Because I know when she shifts between personality There are physical differences between the different personas Which I like because that was not in the comic uh, for the oh. most part, I some of them that, um... some of them changed, but most of them did not. So when she switched into Hammerhead, for example, there was no physical difference. 
Yeah. And here she has like the scar on the lip and the tattoos and everything, so that's neat. Yeah. Um Karen in this man. Man. Who's Karen? What? Who's Karen? So that's not in the comics? I don't know. The persona she has named Karen. I don't know. I don't remember. Oh no, I wonder if that's just for the show. Uh, Karen is a persona of hers that when Jane retreats to a very dark place, that becomes the dominant, the, ah, God, the dominant persona. And Karen is basically, she believes that she is in every cheesy romance movie that has ever existed. So she keeps going and getting back together with this one specific guy. And she's done this like hundreds of times. She gets with him, then leaves him. Huh. And her power is that she can mind control people. So when he sees her, he's just like, oh, fuck no, I want nothing to do with you. And then she gives him glowy eyes, and now they're getting married. Uh, huh. But no, she's I like... remember that. So, but the physical difference for her is she is blonde and basically dresses like a Stepford wife. And, I don't know, pushing her boobs up way high because there's a lot of cleavage. Well, that uh, sounds like um, Scarlet Harlot, kind of, in the comics. Huh. I wonder Although, if then it is meant to be a reference to that. It didn't have, um, like, the whole romance movie angle, so I don't know. Yeah, the, <laughs> the start of that is she's outside of his house and it is pouring down rain. And she has a jacket over her head. And she's just like, can I offer you an umbrella? And he's like, oh, fuck, no, get the fuck out of here. I want nothing to do with you. And then, like, she she does her influence thing. And then it is the dead-on shot of, like, the cover to the notebook of those two people kissing in the rain. That's great. Like, framed the precise same way as that. It's really fucking good. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that's new there are a lot of personalities that never really showed up in the comics because she's supposed to have 64 of them yeah i only remember like probably 15 or so i opened up my jane 64 over the weekend and there wasn't <laughs> any dust inside of it. So, so that's actually part of the thing with the underground is they reference a whole lot of them but you don't really see much of them or mm. really know what they do so yeah that that's probably there just something a... they came up with here there is a bit in that episode of Hammerhead coming out and just biting the cap off of a beer, taking a bite out of a pickle, and then throwing the pickle on the ground. And uh, Hammerhead is the most relatable character in Doom Patrol for me. Yeah, silver tongues. <laughs> All right. Looks yeah. like she just huffed a bag of spray paint. Yes, she has a very Mad Max Fury Road thing going on with her. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she's a war boy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry, what episode are we on? What are we rating? I Episodes, completely lost track. Episode 7, Therapy Patrol. This one I would give a 9.5 out of 10. Liked a whole lot. Oh, before I forget, the, the the place that I was going with this not aging thing is I understand that you could maybe give a justification to everything and have it kind of make sense, but I prefer to think that when you are not the principal character of a comic book, you immediately wither into dust. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's what I was saying was, um, yeah, you can come up with explanations for most of those, but when they first got there, I was like, okay, I guess just nobody ages, whatever. Why yeah, not? Is you know, who cares? Like, it's at the comics. very least, Niles does not age. So, so it looks like he does, but he like, was very slowly. Because he looks a little, he has like less gray hairs in the older ones, like in the 70s in those tapes or whatever. Uh. I uh, guess but I didn't really notice. yeah, well, I noticed because I was looking for it, 
and uh, so he does look very slightly younger, but not to the extent they should. In fact, oh, just do it that... like they did with Carrie Fisher, and just like mask out everything that is not Timothy Dalton from those two James Bond movies, and then uh, use that. There you well, go. Well, um, remember when he gets Jane out of the asylum when Mister Nobody gets her out, and yeah. he's there in the truck, and he doesn't really look that different. Yeah, like he doesn't look different at all. Oh. Anyway, uh, the Eat therapy control episode, I would give a 7 out of 10, I guess. What? There, there was some stuff in... So, for me, there was some stuff in that that just felt like, okay, this is kind of the same ground we've been treading for a few episodes now. Like, specifically with Rita having difficulty keeping her form. It just kind of felt that if you're doing a Roshamon thing, that you have to give everybody something to do. And that hers just sort of felt like going through the motions just to satisfy that requirement yeah. to a degree i felt the same thing with larry so like the early part of that episode didn't really engage me as much but then when he gets off of the two of them it gets really really good for me that's not the thing the thing with rita is not she can't control her goopiness it's the whole thing about rita not being her real name and so her whole personality oh. is fake and that she's trying to uh, learn uh, like who she really is instead of just putting on this facade like she's had as an actress. I do and like then, her mentioning that she was in a furnace and Robot Man just goes, yes, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. It's literally in a furnace. Yeah. Uh, and then with Larry also, the thing is, yeah, him sort of... That is kind of the same thing that they've been going on with him trying to just accept his gayness, basically. Yeah. Um, but also I do like him confronting the spirit about how fake everything and that like the vision yeah, or whatever tough. he gives that's him that's was true. and like saying no it was Hank Williams on the radio the truck was blue there's no train going by and so it just resets it to have that stuff be accurate and he's like no that that's not the point uh, yeah. but uh, yeah alright eight out, 8 out of 10 <laughs> Great. I changed my answer glad I got Got you bumping up. Give it a point more. Uh, yeah. Then I guess Danny Patrol I have not seen. Tell, what's your rating? Probably nine out of ten for that one, uh, if not ten out of ten. That is a very solid episode. Great. Um, also, that's sort of the thing too about Larry is I think the more interesting stuff involving him confronting the spirit and his past is in the Danny Patrol episode and not the therapy episode. Okay. Uh, so on retrospect, it kind of just makes that segment feel even weaker to me. Um, but I do agree the bit where he is actually pointing out, like, no, you're getting the details wrong. Also, by getting them right now, you still don't understand what the problem is. Like, that stuff's good. But mm -hmm. it's still kind of dragged its heels on on stuff that the show has already been dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. I think they kind of are sort of treading water with him at the moment. Yeah. Um, like I said, the Danny Patrol episode actually does some interesting stuff with his past. So it feels like they are treading new ground with him now but in that episode maybe they were just trying to fill fill the requirement Roshamon you got to tell everyone's side of that day please stop saying Roshamon uh Roshamon Shamon <laughs> uh I love the Roshamons that's right they're punks <laughs> um they stole space yeah. ghost cake <laughs> that's right <laughs> the protests are turning violent Larry <laughs> No. <laughs> Great. Uh, so you know the best part about that picture, though, real quick is, in case nobody has seen it, because 
things have been moving fast and by the time this episode comes out a million other things are going to have happened there is a, a picture that's been going around for the protest of a woman holding a cheesecake and the chiron says protests are turning violent the best part about that is apparently that cheesecake isn't actually a real cheesecake yeah, yeah she's she stole the the plastic display cake instead yeah i mean like look at it it's obviously not real <laughs> oh man things are getting crazier out there uh thanks Joker. anyway yeah i'd i'd yeah mr no, no joaquin problem. phoenix over here sorry That's joaquin me. phoenix as you say jacqueline phoenix that's right um yeah i would, on that I would probably give the <laughs> I still laugh about that. Um, the the, the uh, Danny Patrol episode, I think I would actually give that a 10 out of 10. I think that the subject matter it deals with is very interesting to me. Its message about acceptance uh, has some personal resonance with me. Um, the stuff with Cliff in it is also just very good because he is still trying to make amends for the stuff he said at the end of the therapy episode. Uh, and like all the Jane, the the whole Karen persona is fucking fantastic. Like that stuff is really good. So okay. I'm excited for you watching that episode. I liked it a lot. Yeah, in the comics, she turns into um, Scarlet Harlot, who uh, calls Robot Man the F word, and so that's cool. Uh, mm. Or no, it's just like some guys on the street or something. She calls the F word. I think. Uh, it's weird. Doom Patrol's weird. Mm. It is. Overall, though, very good so far. Mm-hmm. Liking it a lot. Uh, season 2 coming uh, late this month on HBO Max, which I am a subscriber to, so I am ready. It's going to be weird uh, watching well, it week to week. Yeah, I still don't. I still just, like, the thing with streaming is just fucking release the whole season at once. Yeah, I don't I like the, the 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 forced week to week thing. Like, I don't want streaming to try to emulate television. Be your own thing. Just release the season at once. Also, yeah. like that also kind of then gets into the whole thing of like, okay, there's so many different streaming services now that I might as well just pay for a cable subscription because it's going to cost me about the same if I want to watch everything. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, everything terrible. Thanks, Disney. Like, I don't like binging things My preferred method of watching is to watch like one or two episodes Every couple days uh, But you know Let me have the freedom to do that Instead of having yeah. to wait a week The convenience with streaming Is that if I have some extra time to kill And I just got done With a really good episode of a show That had a cliffhanger ending I can choose to just watch that next episode mm -hmm. I can keep that momentum Of doing it week to week no, I'm not really into like having to do that with mandalorian was not ideal for me yeah especially yeah, whatever, well it's especially bad like with the mandalorian if you get a clunker episode and you're just like oh well oh yeah maybe better off yeah. next week i don't know you just want to move on to the next one and kind of reaffirm that like no the show is actually still good um yeah no no this feels like not the biggest problem with streaming though also but yeah, I just don't fucking emulate TV. Don't do it every week. I don't like it. So you know what I do like, though, Larry? Well, here we go, Retro Corner. Why you Old got? Old video games. That's right. I love them. I eat them up. I They're delicious. I played the Paper Mario's. Paper Mario. 
Speaking of fiber. That, yeah. <laughs> yes, I was about to say. Very good source of fiber, Paper Mario. Uh, I understand most Paper Mario games are very bad. Uh, I have only ever played the original, which I get about halfway into each time, and then I stop playing it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never played Thousand Year Door, but the way that people talk about Thousand Year Door, you would think that this is one of the greatest video games ever created. People really, <laughs> really, really like Thousand Year Door. Yeah, they do. Um, so I'm going to talk about Thousand Year Door last, because I have some thoughts about Thousand Year Door. Uh, the original Paper Mario, though, is in an extremely good game. I do not know why I've never actually sat down and tried to just get through the entire thing, uh, but I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, back in the day, it was mostly that I kind of kept renting it, so I never really had the chance to sit down and like actually get through the entire thing. It's something like a 23, 25 hour long game. Yeah. Um, but I've emulated it a few times and still never sat down and tried to get through it. Um, I think that, like, despite the fact, though, that it is only, like, about 23 hours, whereas I think, like, a lot of RPGs at that point were getting extremely long, uh, the battle system kind of gets tiresome after a while because it does not really do anything too innovative outside of what it is at a very base level. It is just you have the timing-based mechanics to get more damage or to block damage, and you have a single partner character, and you can switch between your other partners, uh, and they all kind of have a different utility to them. And it's a very good battle system, but just it's it's kind of that, and it exists statically throughout the entire game. Sure. Uh, even the, the different things that you do to time your attacks, there's maybe only like three or four different types of that. It's either like you're holding the analog stick left until a certain point, or you're holding the A button to a certain point. Um, Whereas Thousand Year Door actually ends up adding like a lot of different ways to time those attacks to where I had to constantly like keep myself refreshed before I did an attack. Like, okay, what do I have to do for this? Um, yeah, uh, so I liked Paper Mario a lot back in the day or in 64. Um, did not care about Thousand Year Door. I tried playing it and just remember getting bored with it, probably because of all the backtracking. And so I never finished that. Um, but I really liked the spiritual successors, the Mario and Luigi games, or the yeah. Game of Boy Advance and DS and whatnot. Uh, those are the ones that I would recommend to people. Uh, Bowser's Inside Story specifically is easily the best one. Yeah, those were really good games. I... I th my issue with them, though, was, like, didn't the first ones that came out on the Game Boy Advance, so, like, the sound hardware, again, is my hang-up with all Game Boy Advance so games, stupid. so I just had a... Who cares? Sounds so, sounds so fucking bad. Fucking what the fuck, No, man? it doesn't. It's an indefensibly poor sound chip on that thing. It is terrible. It's not that bad. I'm, I'm offended by how bad the sound on the Game Boy Advance is. It hurts my ears. I have to play the other two Castlevania games for the Game Boy Advance, and like I decided that I was just going to do that when I'm having it hooked up to my monitor because sound does not come through the monitor, and I figured, boy, that seems like the ideal way to play those games is with the fucking sound off. I okay. never want to listen to a Game Boy Advance. Ever. You have bad ears anyway, or something. Paper... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> My ears are perfectly fine. 
Um, I doubt it. Except I don't. Except I don't hear too good out of one of them. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, tinnitus from listening I, to Genesis games for too long. Fuck off. Um, the first Paper Mario, I I still really like that a whole lot. It is a very charming game. The art style to it is incredible, and I think it holds up very well. Uh, probably because it is not polygonal. Yep. And big shock. Most polygonal games from that era, they don't look so great anymore. Well, it's semi-polygonal. Backgrounds are. Yeah, yes, but also the the very simple art style to it. Yeah. It it holds up. And like that's the thing is I think that actually holds up better than Thousand Year Door does because Thousand Year Door gets even more polygonal with it to the point that it kind of sheds its art style in a few locations to just sort of make like locations seem that they are just from any other 3D video game. Uh-huh. Uh, and I kind of wish that they did the Paper Mario thing of just really sticking to the paper aesthetic. Getting um, polygy with it. Yes. Uh, in fact, that is kind of what appeals to me about this new one coming out is I think like Yoshi's Wooly World and uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn have kind of proven that we are at a point with uh, with graphics that we can like you can make that stuff look real good if you're trying to do like cardboard and yarn and arts and crafts as a aesthetic. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that game looks nice to me, but considering the last few Paper Mario's have been very very bad, and uh-huh. considering I don't like Thousand Year Door at all, I'm not so sure about that game now. Yep. Uh, um, the color splash was real bad. Uh, sticker yes, star pretty bad yeah uh, i did not like super paper mario that wasn't even an rpg though that was like a crappy platformer uh, the platformer the platforming stuff in paper mario and thousand year door is not great it does no. not have the mario physics that you would probably want it to have it just yeah. controls very kind of clunky it's too heavy it's too slow yeah, and I remember too much specifically of it. a lot of like bad bits in the desert part where you were like having to jump on blocks that was oh, not yeah. great. And that's it's very bad. Um, there is a uh, a little baby Yoshi that you get in Thousand Year Door that you ride on its back and it does the flutter kick thing that you can bridge like large gaps with. But even when I was standing on like the lip of the of the gap to try to get across it, it just felt very finicky about whether or not it was actually going to make it. Like cool. the platforming does not feel good. Um so yeah, knowing that there is a platformer based Paper Mario, like no thanks. I want nothing to do with that. Um Yeah, it, it that's but, the thing, like they made it all a platformer, but it didn't feel like a Mario platformer. It still felt like yeah. the Paper Mario games, which Okay guys, great. Yeah. Although, you know, I do appreciate the whole shifting perspective from three D to two D thing. I think that's a neat concept. Uh Fez did it better The shifting perspective kind of mechanic And that mm-hmm. should tell you a whole lot About how well it has been Utilized in video games Yeah, yeah Fucking, fucking Fez Jesus Christ, I'm still glad Fez 2 got cancelled What's Phil Fish up to? I don't know, he probably killed himself finally Whatever I'm gonna do a wellness Whatever. check on Phil Fish Phil Fish is the hammerhead of video games, but also that's a bad comparison because Hammerhead is cool. Yeah, it's like what? 
Okay. He's just very emotional and shitty to everybody. Is where I was going with that. Uh, yeah. Um. That's true. So with Thousand Year Door, uh, I actually like the battle system more than in the original Paper Mario. I kind of got into how the timing stuff is uh, a lot. There's more variety to that. So fights felt like they were consistently fresh. Uh, it felt like the different partner characters you got had more apparent utility to them, both inside of battle and outside of battle. Um, I like the audience mechanic a whole lot, which is where, for anyone who hasn't played the game, uh, you basically start accruing an audience that's watching your fight, depending on how well you're timing your button presses on attacks. And then the more people there cheering you on, the more that you build your star meter for your special attacks. And you can also get thrown helpful items like, you know, health or other power-ups that raise your evasion or something like that. The worst you do, though, you begin to hemorrhage audience members, and then you get hecklers that will just throw rocks and shit at you. I just um, thought of a great idea for a new Paper Mario game. Hmm. Uh, this is record. This is uh, copyrighted. Nintendo now cannot. If you use this, you have to okay. pay me. Yeah, no, we're putting uh, the podcast in an envelope and we're mailing it to ourselves. That's right. A Paper Mario game where you it is a cartoon about Mario. Like you are playing <gasps> the cartoon, and you Ooh. have to keep your ratings up. And also, oh, that'd be good. Uh. Something about like toys, like toy lines. You have to find. Some, I I don't know exactly how this would work, but you know, there's like a Mario car. You have to you have to make the Mario car look cool so kids will buy it. Uh, just really is lean into the your, commercialization and cult of Mario that has developed. Is all of your power ups like product placement? Yes, like absolutely. the mushrooms. The mushrooms that you eat are like a certain branded mushroom. Yeah, mushroom energy drinks. That's it. Oh man. Uh, caffeine free, but they have hella guarana in them, uh, which Ooh. is good for kids. I love guarana. Granola. <laughs> Granola drink. Guarana. Guarana. Oh, uh, you ready for this? Guarana plants. Yeah. That's <gasps> <What>? it. <laughs> That's right. Ah! They, they pop out of the pipes. They juice you up. You just fucking made a video game, Larry, on this very podcast. <laughs> it's about time. They can't take this idea. It's all ours. I legit want to play that. That actually sounds like a very fun premise for a video game. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, let me keep talking about this game I don't like. <laughs> that okay. is not this hypothetical game that I enjoy quite a bit. Um. <laughs> God, um... Yeah, I, I really like that battle system. I like seeing stuff like spotlights falling down from the rafters and hitting Bowser in the fucking head. Like, that stuff is, is all really good. Sure. That is the best part of the game. It is everything else wrapped around it that is just rotten. Like, eh, that's not... The, the narrative is actually pretty good. The writing in the game is very, very funny. It seemed like Treehouse was actually able to do a lot more with it than they were with the original Paper Mario, and I appreciate the hell out of the story. It's very charming. It is the actual, like, dungeon-crawling bits in this that are the fucking worst. All of it feels like they lacked so much confidence in their level design. It is all just time-wasting bullshit. There are... At no point when you go to a new area do you not have to run back and forth in that area, like, five to ten times. Mm -hmm. There is There is a bit where... 
like in particular, the, the the worst example of that that I can give is towards the end of the game, you have to go to like this bob uh village where they're all Russian, by the way, which is great. Sure. But then like I have to run all the way there and I talked to the guy I know I'm supposed to talk to, but I didn't trigger a certain flag. So I had to run all the way back to the warp pipe and then traverse all the way back through the underground hub area to get back into the main town to go talk to the right person, then run all the way back into the bob town. And I talked to the guy and he's like, okay, if you want to use this cannon to shoot yourself to the moon, I need you to go find these two different people. So the first one is in a town that I was previously in, which still required me to run back over to the warp pipe, go back through the underground area, use warp pipe there to get to that town, talk to that guy, then go all the way back again and then talk to the mayor a second time. And the mayor is like, okay, the second guy that I need you to find, like, he's not here anymore. I think he went to this town. So I go all the way back to the warp pipe, all the way through the underground area. I go to that warp pipe, go to that town. Hey, the dude you're looking for left. I think he's in this town. You have to do that for every single fucking town that you visited in that video game, constantly running back and forth just to be told the guy's not here. And where he ultimately ends up is in the goddamn bob town. So I just go back where I fucking started. This whole quest, just for the guy to walk out of a door and he's just like, whatever, here I am. You want to go to the moon? We'll shoot you to the moon. I shouldn't have had to have done any of that. Or if I did, there should have been something interesting to do along the way, but there's not. I don't understand how people think that this game is like the best Paper Mario. It's like that episode of Ed and Eddie where they trade for an egg from Rolf or whatever. Do you remember that? Yeah! <laughs> yes! It is like playing that episode. It's like living it, man. Right. Except it's longer than uh, it, 15 minutes. It's... It's so fucking bad, man. It's... The, and the, the, the thing is, if that were just one part of the game, it kind of would be like, okay, whatever. Like, this isn't great. This is boring. But, you know, move on and finish this game. Every location is like that. Like, everything that the game asks you to do that is not actively, like, solving a dungeon that they put you in is just designed to waste your time so the game feels longer than it is. Because otherwise, Paper Mario is actually pretty rudimentary. But I would have rather a shorter experience that had the charm of Paper Mario and a battle system that was that fun than one that just kind of wanted to dick me around. Well... This game sucks, is what I'm getting at. Life has many doors, Ed boys. A thousand of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah, Ed and Eddie multiverse. Yep. Which Earth does the Prime Ed, Ed and Eddie take place on? Well, it'd be Earth Prime. Okay. Idiot. Why are you... Jawbreaker, Jawbreaker Prime, please. They use the Jawbreaker naming designation system. Okay. Sure. I mean, I guess you are the expert, even though you had to ask me which one the prime would be on. That was a test! You failed! You didn't know that... Alright, whatever. I don't think um, so. Yeah. I'm sorry to get real mad about Paper Mario, but I am just kind of, like, that was a very exhausting experience for me. I, by the end of that, I was really just trying to power through that thing and just get it done. And yeah. I don't know. I, I think this is one of those cases where people remember one thing from that game, which in this case is yeah. the uh, the very funny writing, which I agree is good, uh, but they're just like, yeah, it's great. you know, that's at the expense of the game not being good to play. 
yeah yeah there, there's a whole lot of really good stuff with the writing of that game uh it's also like weirdly dark in a lot of places too like there's just a noose in the middle of the main town oh yeah like a fucking gallows thing uh you get involved with um oh i don't remember what they call them they're like the isle delafino guys uh they they run a crime syndicate like also too like there's a bunch of references to mario sunshine because of course this came out on the gamecube like you're collecting shine sprites to upgrade your party members yeah another Um, knock against it yes actually (laughs) absolutely like as soon as i saw shine sprites in there i was like oh right this came out around sunshine yeah um yeah, like all the female characters kiss Mario at some point, which is also kind of weird to me. Um, Why? Bizarre. Everyone just wants to get all up in Mario. Well, uh, yeah. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. It's ideal he gets male kissed body. by a mouse. He gets kissed by a Goomba. He gets kissed by a cloud lady. He gets kissed by a ghost. Are you going to you know tell who me? doesn't kiss him, though? Thank Princess you. Peach. Not once. You're going to tell me you can take a look at Mario and not want some of that? More of a Luigi man myself. Oh uh, yeah, you like him slender. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Uh... I do like that twink? in this game. <laughs> I think he's more of a twonk, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, Mario's obviously a bear. <laughs> yes, of course. Wario though is an even bigger bear than Mario. Right. While Luigi, While Luigi... is an even twinkier twink. <laughs> Yes. They're the extreme ends of the spectrum. (laughs) Everything exists on a spectrum, Larry. Everything. Including the Paper Mario games. Um, Mm -hmm. Speaking of Wario and Waluigi, uh, there are a couple badges in this game the W badge and the L badge. The W badge changes your color scheme so you have like Wario colors, and the L badge changes it so you look like Luigi. But if you wear both of the badges at the same time, you turn into Waluigi. Ooh, and I did not take those off for the entire rest of the game. As soon as I found the L badge, uh, in Fortune Street, I have my me wearing the Waluigi costume. Cause why wouldn't you? Yeah, sure. Like, God, there's, there's even is way a whole... into stocks and bonds. <laughs> Waluigi caused the a... stock market crash of two thousand eight. I bet Waluigi would that. fucking would fucking love Tongo. Probably. So every time I see that in Deep Space Nine, I just think like, oh right, here's this weird Ferengi version of Fortune Street. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if yeah, there like, are it, actual rules to that somewhere. Oh god, Star Trek it probably is. They have that fucking like Neilis cookbook they put out, and if they're going to give you Neilis's recipes, there's no way Tonga rules are not available. Well about Dab isn't Dabo like just roulette? I think yeah, I think that it's probably got some weird rules to it too, but it just seems like it's space roulette. Yeah. Yeah. What about baseball? You think they got the rules to baseball online someplace? No. Mm. Impossible. For Ferengi can't play baseball. There's no Ferengi in baseball. <laughs> There's a Every like while watching that episode where like Rom is trying to play baseball, I just kept thinking of like there's no crying in in baseball, but instead it's there's no negotiating in baseball. I like how we almost made it this whole episode without any Star Trek talk, <laughs> but here you go, bringing up Tongo. Yeah. Well, anyway, um. Thank you. 
Yeah, Paper Mario, the, the only other thing I wanted to mention about Thousand Year Door is there is a segment of that game where you basically become a professional wrestler named the Great Gonzalez. Yep. And that is actually maybe the most solid, solid segment of the game because you're not traversing a dungeon. You're just in a room and you're going through a sequence of 20 fights. Yeah. And it's broken up by story bits. And, like, there's some light stuff that you have to go do, but they actually, like, kind of... They they have you going to new areas instead of constantly going over the same paths, so that's nice. Plus, you get your uh, you get your little Yoshi guy who I named Breen because I was thinking about David because I was thinking about Neil Breen again. David Breen while playing that game. Yeah, I, David Breen is like a weird mashup between David Copperfield and Neil Breen. It's just Neil Breen, but he does magic. Well, Neil Breen does his own magic. Gonna make this laptop way. disappear. Yeah. No more books, he says, and then the books disappear. That's right. The trick, though, is he just shoves it off the table. <laughs> well, he has you close your eyes so you don't see him do it. He splits a woman in half, but she dies, and he just sits there consoling her, going, I can't help you out of this one, pal. Why would you do this? Why would you saw yourself in half? I can't believe you sawed yourself in half. Why would you saw yourself in half? <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, ratings. Uh I think that I would give Paper Mario for the Nintendo 64 a perfect 64 out of 64. Uh but with Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door uh, going on a slightly different rating scale, uh this time 128, I would probably also give that a 64. Okay. It's a bad game, man. Um, my if ratings... someone tells you it's good, do not listen to them listen to me my ratings from what i remember i would say uh paper mario one is about an eight out of ten and uh thousand year door is like a yeah like five yeah thousand year door gets by solely on its charm and its its battle system and i guess that is enough for me to put it kind of like middle of the road Mm. although i would i don't ever want to play it ever again also um, i did those surprisingly almost get 100 percent completion in that game just kind of like without even trying i was also gonna say though if you wanted to play the mario and luigi games other than the first one they're on ds they weren't on game boy advance yeah. just the first one was so uh i've never fucked around with how like ds emulation works and i should probably actually look it into just that. just shows you two screens well i mean like what you would do necessarily for the touchpad stuff if you mouse. would have to use your mouse okay Though those games, I don't remember they use a touchscreen like at all. I don't think. Oh, uh, I mean, that actually be a little surprising to me if you know, considering the Paper Mario games were all about doing this different like time-based stuff, it would be weird that they wouldn't try to like leverage that touchpad in some way. Yeah, I don't think they do. Uh, they use the two screens for dungeon stuff, like having your characters on the top and bottom. That stuff happens, but I don't remember oh, yeah, using yeah. a touchscreen at all in the battles you know i suppose you could like put a map on that second screen that's a thing that you could do what maybe you could put like how much ammo or health you have on that second screen no what if all hud elements were just on the second screen well then it's not hud anymore it's just like it's like a menu it's a heads down display anyway do watch Doom Patrol. Do not play Thousand Year Door. 
play Paper Mario. Have we covered all of our bases? I think that's it. That's it. That's a podcast. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back next week with something. I'll have to work that out. The history of Metal Gear Rundown will be coming sometime soon. Uh, Possibly uh, next week because I'm going to be having dental work done. So we're probably going to have to record that fairly soon to have it ready to go. Uh, So until next time, uh, check out. Finally getting that that grill put in that you talked to me about. Yeah, yeah, it says damaged on it. Um, Fucking A. So uh, (laughs) look for the, um, the Sony thing in your feed. After this, uh, or or don't you don't have to listen to it. I don't care. I'm not gonna force you. If you're listening to this, you probably will, because you've got like yeah. some brain problems somewhere. Uh, so look, if you listen to me get like actually mad about Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door, let's face it, there's no way you're not listening to the PlayStation thing. That's right. We we have a loyal audience of freaks, uh, <laughs> all the genetic freaks out there. We appreciate you. Yeah. Be Don't nice to them, Larry. Uh, Come on. Be nice to yourself, man. Well, that's never going to happen. Well, I can't help you, pal. I can't help you out of this one. Until next time, I'm Larry Davis. I'm Paper Mario. I... I'm George Brundle. Goodbye, dinosaur. Why tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one. For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager. With a little bit of gold and a pager. Searching my car, looking for the product. Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics. You rather see me in the pen than me.